Hello, everyone. This is Frenchie, and I am replacing Jay Wade today. And to help me, this impossible task, task to replace Jay Wade is Double D, Nancy, Ryan Payne, and none other than ASG in the background filling in my shoes. You got a big job to do, ASG. <laughs> so thank you very much for uh, being on today's stream. Uh, Ryan, you're muted, by the way. Um, all right. Yeah, so I know. I got like this lawnmowers like happening like a couple of yards away. So I don't know if you guys can actually hear them. So I'm just muting myself just in case you hear that like buzzing in the background. So far, so good. So good. All right. So again, thank you very much for being on. We have a lot to talk about uh, for this week. There's a lot of events, a lot of things that happen. I cannot wait to pick your brains. All right. So uh, before we start, as per usual, we have guests on today, which is Ty Lieberman and also King Khan. And because we have guests, we're going to play a little game I like to call Hot Matches. It's pretty simple. Uh, ASG uh, will have determined times uh, when it comes to eliminating people. That elimination will determine the interview order for today's interviews. So starting from now, it is starting. All right, so let's start with um, with the first match. Let's start with, I don't know, let's see. Uh, Laura Kelly versus Eric Whiteley. Now, before we give a bit of comments on, on uh, the match itself, I'm curious, let's do a little round here. Who did you have in your books? Me, personally, was Laura Kelly all the way, no questions asked. Same here. I thought that uh, Eric. I thought Eric actually did a lot better, but I still had Laura taking the win for this one. What about yes, you? Yes, same. Same. I had Laura taking it, and I loved how she kind of uh, uh, hyped up her in her promo a lot more. It was just full Laura Kelly vibe, which I fully appreciated. But yeah, I I had her taking this. What about you, Ryan? Yeah, I also had Laura as well, but I would not have been surprised if Eric was able to pull the upset. Um, I mean, looking at his track record in his past matches, he has shown he's making he's making like small strides of improving his game. And looking at this game too, he could have actually possibly could have pulled that upset, but it's all about how he played in his round in, in his round two game. Yeah, and like no disrespect to Whiteley, but again, it's it shows you how deep. And really how deep Star Wars is. Because he's a good player. But he is not a level that, again, you miss that kind of those kind of questions, the number of questions. And that makes you like almost like a B-tier at that level. Even though that you're almost in the 90s, right? You're not going to make it. And to be able to even be close to competing with, uh, with a Harper or the Melanta, you have to... Oh, oh was it ASG or the internet? But I'm going to say, don't forget, Laura Kelly didn't pick up that steal. D true. So she it wasn't die. all whitely just, you know, having these misses and kind of stumbling. Uh, she had an opportunity to even go ahead by even more. And so I'm wondering if she is thinking about, you know, having to clean up that game going into the next round. And yeah, this is yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Ryan. I was gonna bounce off you, Nancy. You were right because Laura did have opportunities to get a perfect round, but she did miss uh, two questions, and it led where Eric to where he could at least still have some hope of catching up to her. And even when she landed on the Phantom Menace, there were questions that I think one question she had to check down from. So mm -hmm. you can you can definitely tell 
especially, I mean, it's obvious, it's Star Wars. It's going to get more difficult, especially now in tournament season. We have a new champion, so we need to punch up more different questions because whoever faces Thomas Harper, you're going to be getting a new whole new set of questions, more difficult set of questions, just like we saw in Divin Lock the Demon 2 and in Harper. <laughs> wow, this timer is really quick today. Yes, we're going uh, through it. Uh, yes, I'll say that you know Eric has been improving his game, but yeah, by I would say like at round one, I'm like, okay, he didn't go perfect. Laura didn't go perfect, but I still felt like confident that Laura was going to sail right through that and yeah. round two. So it was like, yeah, this was kind of no brainer, and actually, it kind of proved what the Facebook group uh, said as well because I did like a little poll. Uh, last week but yeah nice. Laura definitely took the win and honestly I think she's gonna go up against she's obviously gonna go up against the winner of gold leader and scrimshaw I think gold leader is gonna I'm going that. gold leader I yeah. am yeah same same because I, like you know, I like Joseph but you know I had, I had fortunate enough to meet him when he was here in Chicago but he's not on that level that gold leader is clearly on yeah, he's just proven time and time again. Even though he's a rookie this season, he can hang with Thomas Harper. He can hang up with the Delmontas and Alex Damon. So I think that Goldier is going to take this win going into uh, next week or going. Same. I feel like we should move on to the next match before one of us drops. Yeah, I guess so. So next up is uh, Final Exam versus King Arthur. Ooh. And honestly, this was a really good match. I mean, it was. Ron, Lon came to play, but obviously mm -hmm. he missed a couple in round one. But the I one mean, so did uh, so did uh, yeah. Oyama was, and um, and Khan. They all missed. I think the only one who got a perfect round was, was Griffin. Uh, Griffin yeah. yeah, which but, I, I kind of expected. Yeah, but the one thing that kind of ignored uh, annoyed me the most was I felt like in round two, uh, Griffin Nooms just kind of went a little too fast. He didn't kind of talk with King Khan a little bit in round two. And just kind of blitz through it. I'm like, hold your horses. You got 15 <laughs> seconds. This is how well, rookies lose the match. I just yeah. Well, not oh. only rookies, just uh, not playing together in a live match yet. So that's also another yeah. thing is that they haven't been a team yet. So this is the first time they're actually in a you know an actual match playing together. So I think that those are some kinks that they're going to have to work out going into round two. But I think it should be fine. You know. At the end of the day, they got the right answers, you know. Yeah, at the end of the day, they took home the win, but they came this close from. Uh... Yeah, yeah, go me! I feel like I won that by not talking. So, yeah. Well, sometimes <laughs> yeah. the strategy pays off. <laughs> I'm a good listener. Yeah, <laughs> and and I, I, at one point I'm like, Double D, you're talking too much. You're talking too much. Shut up. And there you go. Well, you can't win them all. You can't win them all. Yeah. yeah this is my first win. Let me have it. <laughs> yeah, and you, and you freaking deserve it, especially I forgot your Twitter handle, apparently. So that's a <laughs> consolation price. Fair enough. Fair enough. Just remember, right. talk less, listen more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is, it applies to me, apparently. Either that or she has something against me. One of the two. Um, no, but I wanted to go off what you guys are talking about. That's the one thing I, I, I saw right away is that uh, King Arthur, the chemistry, like their knowledge is there, but chemistry isn't necessarily full thought out now because you see King Khan was trying to, like to, to give bad. his thoughts. And, and yeah, and, and Arthur... 
Uh, uh, Arthur it, it was kind of taking charge and not 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 listening, but kind of was just going and deciding for him, right? Or for you can them. definitely tell that in round two. You can definitely see like they yeah. were he, if Arthur believed that there was an answer they had blocked and he wasn't going to wait for more deliberation. He was just going to lock it in. And even then, we did see the same with Paul and Lon, but they were more in sync together to where they understood like, nope, we're locking in too. And I feel that's the reason why they missed that uh, last question that cost him a two-point uh, steal, because he's because uh, the question was who said as uh, people are easier when they're depressed or something, and originally yeah. I thought it was Luna too, but before you know it, they're already answering. I'm like, whoa, hold on, because even I was doubting that because the way I thought of it, it was like it sounded like someone was reading minds. I'm like, well, Snape reads minds. You could do that. more more with uh, like maybe. Maybe more deliberation. Like it's just yeah, your time. And I think what it is too is Oyama and Griffin both seem like the kind of players that they are spitting out what is coming into their head immediately. So it's very it seems like rapid fire. Whereas Khan and Lon, Khan and Lon seem very uh like <laughs> like they're they're processing it first and then they're gonna say what they need to say. So it could just be, you know. That kind Which of aspect is, of it. It's a good thing, right? Because you don't want to have two very similar players with a way of thinking. Uh, you need differences to be able to, you know, reach logic that you wouldn't reach on your own. Exactly. But they, they have to fine-tune it a bit more, or at least practice a bit more, in my uh, honest opinion, and how to play as a team. Because there's a way of doing it, like we, we, we saw with... Um, uh, uh, fuck. Uh, lightning time. Lightning okay, time. Yeah. They're able to bounce each other off because they're, they're they have ways of uh, thinking, but they're actually bouncing each other off. They're not just saying yeah. opinion, saying opinion, and then final decision. And the person didn't give their uh, their their approval of it, right? Yeah. And you could one thing I will say that with, uh, and I'm not going to judge Bailey off their entire round one. They they're advancing, so we'll see more opportunities of them working together. But it did seem here that Arthur is was playing the uh he was playing the big heavy in this match he was the one moving forward if Khan threw any suggestion arthur's like yeah okay i'm gonna run with that and head to the finish line he wasn't just gonna wait for Khan to catch up with him now whoever they play next possibly they may have to change up their attitudes a little bit on how they're going to approach this one but uh moving past but i have to admit final uh, that leo comment really they're officially dead i mean i know their season's done but I mean, we don't know what's uh, what's ahead for next season, and there's things are going to be changing. Rosters going to be get, get cut a bit, so the yeah. chances they'll be on the same faction or even you know one of them the still league. playing is is very small. Yeah, especially when the Lon's playing kind of poor this season, and it seems like uh, Paul Yama's carrying the weight. So even we were debating about this earlier in the season: should uh, Paul and uh, Lon split up as a team? I mean, I don't know about that, but I'm not going to say Lon's playing horrible. I like think it's horrible, but it's it's weaker. It's not. It's, but don't yeah, forget, Oyama's the one who gave them the wrong answer for their their five pointer. It can go. I feel like it could go either way. Am I going to say Lon's up to Oyama's tier? Maybe not quite, but I think a lot of people put a lot of the losses on Lon, and I don't think that's yeah, accurate. I mean, no, looking and, at his past seasons and seeing how he plays now, many people can say, yeah, Lon's not playing the way he was when he was the professor or how he was last year as a delinquent. I'm going, everyone's going to have an off game, obviously. And 
I shouldn't say, oh, they lo- final exam lost. Paul needs a new partner. No. Let's look at how they lost and see what they can improve. They're they're lost to lightning time. They came very close, but lightning time won. And now final exam had to keep moving forward. And yeah, what you said, Nancy. Paul, I mean, it's, both of them really didn't know the answer. So Paul just felt, oh, this felt like it. I remember a comment in the YouTube section said that their queen and country and um, the answer they gave were very, very similar. And yeah. now, now, just for the sake of time, because I want to crunch everything in, if we have other things to say about this match, we can go if we have time. But right now, we are talking about Ty Lieberman, which, again, we have on the show, so stick around, and Bibbs. Um, this was actually a bit more... I was a bit more pulled because I really like Tyrants. The first time I saw him, I was like, eh, "Who the hell is this guy?" But the more, you know, the, the more we saw him, the more it's like, "Yeah, he, he's totally Finstocked material. He's awesome." But I love Bibbs. I love Bibbs with all my heart. So I did not know who I wanted to win, but I had a feeling Bibbs was going to win. But this was a lot closer than I thought or expected to be. Um, was I alone in this, or what was your guys' thoughts? Uh, personally, I mean, I'm with you. I, I love Bibbs. I thought he was going to win, but a good part of me, I'm like saying maybe 30% of me said, I think time might actually pull the upset. So in fact, I was kind of hoping he would because of my segment, but, uh, but no, I, I'm not surprised at the final score and how it ended because I think uh, the tyrant was just that good. If you just got just damn Halloween movies. Just watch those yeah. movies because even I'm going, that sounds like Halloween too. And I'm like, Halloween too? The Rob's right. I'm like, of course it was. And then the five, five pointer, it's like, that's Halloween, right? Am, am I crazy? That's Halloween. <laughs> they, they really need to, they need to have more clarification on these Halloween films since there's three different Halloweens, two different Halloween twos. I mean, sure. I liked in the multiple choice, they did say Rob Zombies, Rob Zombies. So, yeah. but I will say, um, Personally, I was definitely conflicted between Ty and Bibbs. Kayfabe-wise, character-wise, Bibbs all the way. Because mm-hmm. I'm kayfabe, I'm anti-corruption and anti-finstock exchange, even though there's some personalities I do like. But but in reality, yeah, I was split between the two of them. It, de- it was all about that round two for me, how it was going to determine who won. Now... Oh, don't Nazi, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, yeah. No, I was just say I, I personally thought this was going to be really close. I, I love Ty. I think he's hilarious. And I think, you know, his character is just so funny. But I also love Bibbs. And I really think if Ty hadn't gotten horror in the second round and again in the third round, it would have been a lot closer. I mean, maybe even sudden death. Who knows? Yeah. And I, I'm curious. Do you think <clears throat> Lieberman? fits the life setting do you think it's an added extra level that maybe might have startled him or do you think it's that add to his advantage or it, it makes no difference because we can see some players they really play well live and they really don't play well live again soul we'll talk about later but soul doesn't seem to be a live guy leave so, does feel like he his character fits either he's playing or he's managing he does fit in the live setting uh, I've seen um, when it was Moose Hawks versus Chance, seeing Lieberman walk out with walk out with Moose, and in the post interviews, Lieberman, his character loves to just feed off of a live crowd. So when they start doing studio shows again next year, and Lieberman is still around, I can't wait to see exactly how that how the crowd's gonna put pump him up to when we do get. So if he does show up at spectacular, <laughs> I will be amazed how people are gonna react to Ty. <laughs> 
And just to remember what happened with him and Drew McGuinney, I mean, that was probably such a great performance even before the match even started with the with the clock with a uh, pocket watch. I'm like, oh my yes. gosh, that was great. So, and he won that match. So I think he does. It was just a bad match in this instance, and he was just better in live. Yeah. So I, I think he's Ty's really smart, is what I yeah. would say. He's very clever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's very smart. He's very articulate. Uh, he, he he's more than just you know trivia in a, in a body form. Uh, he knows seems to know how to play the game, but also how to communicate with his his manager, communicate with you know his his team, and he seems like a team player. Now, I do want to give a special props to Koi's arm because Koi was like this the whole entire fucking match. And I would have been after five minutes like, can you hold this yourself, Bibbs, please? Um, I, I understand it was really hot. Apparently, you can see in, in Bibbs what was out of breath because it was just so freaking hot. It was a little but, stuffy yeah. in there. It is yeah. stuffy in there. Honestly. That's what he was trained for the whole this whole season. <laughs> I was going to say those muscles hooked him out. Yeah. We see him work out when he's hanging with the action. When he's hanging with his action cat, we're like, this is preparation for the biggest moment of his life, and that was to keep Bibbs cool under pressure. And it paid off. It really paid off. Uh, now, any um, particular like uh, comments on Bibbs? Because it felt like the same old Bibbs as usual, just there to play, uh, respect for the, the other player, and just spouting out his, his usual knowledge. Or did these guys see something different this time? I think I it was usual Bibbs. Hope. Oh, his soap, yeah. I love his plug of the soap, and I love how Ty went from like taking the soap to like being scared of the soap to like watching the soap again. Um, but shout, I think it was this match uh, that Bibbs was mentioning afterwards that this is, you know, a place that he's comfortable and confident in. And I respect the fact that he is kind of acknowledging, like, yeah, I have, you know, at times issues with some mental health things, but you know what, when I'm here, I'm locked in. It's where I feel confident. It's where I feel good. Um, so I appreciate that. Yeah. Same here. I like how he understands his, um, his, his liabilities. And he's just more of like, I'm not going to come to the schmo down, like what Ty and what Bateman are doing with playing character or what, what Mike and chance do. He's just going to come there to play trivia. If it goes his way, it goes his way. If not, He's perfectly fine with that because he loves playing it. Just like um, like I see with Lon. I mean, sure, Lon's not always playing the best of his character or best of his matches. But when you see him there, he knows how to turn a phrase. And same with Bib as well. So Yeah, but Lon, in my opinion, is starting to get annoying with his shtick sometimes. Like his like, post comment was like, am I out the game? I was like, there's, there's a place and moment for certain things. And these guys might have just been disbanded. It's not time for freaking drugs. I don't know. I mean, looking at Paul's <laughs> reaction, he still knows how to get Paul to laugh. Honestly, he <laughs> True. And I forgot to say, I will give it to Lon. Lon was very sick during that match. Yeah. Um, you can hear him coughing. So kudos to him for sticking it out and trying, you know, doing his best. All right, so um, moving on, just give me a second because uh, uh, you're a bit too early, my friend. AG double D sexy numbers at 55, not at 50. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Or am I wrong in in my sense? I don't know. (laughs) All right, (laughs) all right, you're right. Uh, right. Okay, so I, I'm not because we had two different schedules. I was just want to make sure we. I was looking at the right one. Um, so yeah, for for me, uh, the last match is maybe the sadly the pay per view, but the match to talk about the least. Yeah. What the fuck happened? Oh, <laughs> yeah, he should have spun away. Is what happened. Yeah, 
but I mean, I, this was a crash and burn for me. I mean, I love Saul, but man, this was a disappointing. He only got two points in his second round, and it's like this is the finals, really. And this has only happened, I think, twice. One, the first one was uh, the Shirewolves with uh, um, stick in the head, the stick in the head, yeah. So, I mean, this was really disappointing. I, I, I felt like Robert Parker was going to win, but not like this. I, I can understand people's emotions on that, and definitely the people who are especially seeing some people's reactions in the crowd that they were going, like, I, I saw, like, some looks or heard some oohs. But beyond that, I mean, I can understand people, Saul's performance was definitely not reflective of what he did in this tournament. But I, if he felt comfortable with a slice, I think he it's just more of he felt like he could do it. Um, he, it was kind of this moment where he wanted to take a high risk and maybe it would have paid off. I mean... It, unfortunately, it didn't pay off. I mean, when you're going against Parker, you need to start taking risks against him. I mean, yeah, play to your strengths, but if you feel like there's something he can't nab, take it. And I thought that's what Saul was trying to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did great in, like, the betting round and everything. And, uh, I mean, he didn't play a horrible game up until that round two. And, again, I don't know if it was because he felt comfortable with that slice or he was just, like, a, there was another slice that he was more worried he would get or what, but... I really felt like he should have spent away from it. I would have loved to hear from Saul if he, you know, wanted to keep that slice or what his head, you know, his process was. Um, but also, I would love to hear from Saul because I feel like the narrative is he fumbles in live events. Like, it's the live events that are getting to him. And I would really love to hear from him in terms of, like, is that really a thing? Because, yeah, the two live events he's had, he hasn't done well. But maybe it's just something else going on. Maybe it has nothing to do with live events. But... Yeah. yeah, I I I love Saul. I'm rooting for him. I can't wait for him to you know see him again, and got a chance to meet him afterwards. Saul, Saul's yeah. a doll. I like it. But yeah, and yeah. Like this I, oh, I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. no, I'm just and all the, all the props to Parker too. It's not like he I just came in was a slouch during the match. You know, he did what he had to do, and you know, kudos to him. Yeah, so, I was just gonna say, despite how it end, how his season ends, let's not forget. Saul is only the one of the rare intergeeking competitors to at least get more, get like to have four knockouts within a season. Mm. So, yes, the way season ends was just not good, but I still will not take credit away from the, from his run this entire year. We got to see exactly what he was made of. And if Kate picks him up again next season, I will not be surprised and I'll be rooting for him even more. Okay, now, so, question yeah. for the uh, panel. Do you think after that first miss that Saul would have benefited if the timeout rule was still in effect? Hmm. Potentially, I think he yeah. would have benefited more if challenges were allowed in in the speed round because yeah. Parker said fluffy and fang. That that question's very wonky because yeah. it, because of like Hagrid's dog is fang, right? But Fluffy, he like kind of took care of, but it wasn't. Dog. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and you I'm, can't throw out two answers to a question. So I don't know. I'm I'm not well. No, no, here. you're you're completely right though, because you need just one answer. And even though some could say it was Parker just flexing, but it should it should still be no. It's a speed round. You got to give an answer within the allotted time. You can't take that time to go. It's like this. I mean, sure, he wanted to clarify, but and if the question was too confusing. Yeah, I would definitely would love to challenge there. 
Yeah. And, and, and going with Leo Logan saying, IG Thermistor will, uh, will fall of TKOs and ends with a TKO. Uh, and, and this is going to go a bit with what we're talking about, hard questions at the end, right, of the separation. But, yeah, this is – you can see there's a lot of now top – players that are starting to distinguish each other from other players right um but enough about the pay-per-view talk we are talking double d sexy numbers so for this double d sexy numbers is going to be me and you my man and we don't i don't have um you know uh, an automatic uh roxy on hold here but i think your numbers are sexy right yeah yeah because i like to do something i'm gonna talk dirty to you for a minute math Yes, Andrew. <laughs> okay, okay, so I like to mix up my topics a little bit. And this one I've been working really hard on. I Googled something for three hours, so now I'm actually an expert. We are going to do Schmodown online betting. Yes, use the hashtag DDSOP and place your bets uh, for next week. Uh, so uh, DDSOP which- sounds sexually wrong for some odd reason in my brain. All right. <laughs> I had to. Once I figured out what it was, I had to do it. So uh, we're going to take a look at, I basically last week I took a poll on the Facebook group to say, if you had $100 for every single match next this week, who would you place your bets on? And here are basically the results on who would win and if to see if I would actually gain money. But first, let's uh, let's look at how to read the odds. So we have two players here. Player one is at plus 25. And player two is at minus 500. Now, Frenchie, who, based on, if you don't know anything about this, uh, who do you think, who would you bet your, put your money on? You mean on, on, on this this week's uh, matches? No, just just uh, these numbers right here. Player, would you put it on player one at plus 25 or on player two to win at minus 500? Who would you put? Um, player one. Well, that's uh, interesting. So basically how to read these numbers is this. Uh, if player one wins and you put $100 on, the payout is $125, which is $100 your bet and $25 your individual earnings. Mm-hmm. Now, player two, reading it the negative odds, if you did the exact same bet, the payout is $120, $100 your bet, and 20 bucks is the individual earnings. The reason why I have it this way because I expect that player two is winning, is going to win this match, and the odds are forever in my favor. So I'm manipulating the odds so that way I get to keep the most money while paying the least. So if you're going to put money on, you want to look at the player who has a negative number and the highest number because that's guaranteeing you to get the Stop. Which I'm not surprised my pick because I never do what's supposed to be logical, and I do always what's what, what you're not supposed to do. So it makes sense I put uh, pick the the plus five. Well, actually, that's actually pretty interesting because if you were to actually put people in, you'd be like, oh, I'm definitely putting money on Dan Merle because we know the showdown, we know the players, we know who's going to win. So let's get into this week's matches on who's going to win. So for Laura, for Laura Kelly and Eric Whiteley, uh, 43 people bet on Laura Kelly, three people bet on uh, Eric Whiteley. So the total payout for Laura Kelly to win was $5,529. So obviously I'm taking a huge loss of $929 Mm. with the payout because you use the the, the bets from your other opponent 
to fuel the losses. That's the whole thing. But I'm not too worried because it's only round one. Because I have other matches that can supply other through other matches. So for final exam, uh, for, for final exam in King Arthur, uh, thirteen bet, uh, thirteen people bet for final exam, and nine people bet for King Arthur, and obviously King Arthur won with the odds of negative two fifty, which is a total payout of a thousand. $260. And obviously, I'm earning money at this point. It's $940. So if you do quick math, it's $11 profit as of right now. But let's get into the next match. William Bibiani versus Ty Lieberman. William Bibiani is at negative 700, which means obviously he was going to win. He's the favorite. He's the uh, team's cha uh, champion. He's a former singles champion. Ty Lieberman is the uh a rookie and he's got to prove himself so i want to draw more people into tie but obviously the schmodown community was smart enough to pick uh william bibiani uh 41 people picked that william bibiani win. that's a payout of four thousand six hundred eighty five dollars and 71 cents which is a net loss of two hundred and sixty eight dollars again if you add it all up it's still a loss of two hundred and seventy three seventy five dollars that, that's that's two weeks and plus of groceries right there <laughs> yeah but if you actually well i actually did the math for all the other ones i'm still earning a profit because i i'm smart enough to think ahead now obviously with robert parker and saul only two people with uh saul, wow. I, I had saul at 100 odds basically if saul would win you would get a hundred dollars i'm basically doubling your money but obviously, people weren't fooled. They picked Robert Parker at the odds of negative 250, and that's a payout of $6,600, wow. which is a grand total of $1,000 loss, which is a grand total of $1,270 loss for this week. But you know what? This is a short-term loss because okay. I have other matches in the uh, weeks to come that will guarantee me a profit no matter who wins or not. Uh, so right now, I'm not going to divulge the odds, but I'll divulge the odds, but I won't tell you how many people. But uh, who do you have for uh, the Star Wars match coming up? But it's Joseph Scrimshaw uh, with the odds of plus 50 and Gold Leader at negative 275. Who are you going to put your money on? Gold Leader all the way, baby. All right, you're gonna. I'm gonna put that up for so 25. Oh, I do have odds here. I have the no, so you have 25 people betting, and obviously, that'll be a payout of what? Uh, three, let's say, uh, uh 3,400. The total would be about what 4,000. So, I'm guaranteeing a profit for that match, regardless. Uh, some quick math. So for deception and it has odds of negative four hundred, and chaos theory is plus twenty five. Who are you gonna put your hundred dollars on? Um, just to go against the grain because I am not a corruption fan. Chaos theory. All right. Well, I personally think that deception is going to win. So if if you're right, you'll gain seventy five dollars. But and actually, that's actually good for me because that means I get more cheddar. I get more. more Mucho dinero. Your die because, confident. Your die confident deception. All right. Well, we'll, yeah. we'll talk next uh, next time, bro. Well, but we'll see. We'll see what happens next week. 
so obviously we have a lot of singles uh, matches up next week. Uh, we got Marisol McKee versus Chance Ellison. That's one of the live matches. Uh, Josh Horowitz and Griffey Nooms. Uh, that's also the live events. And also Adam Collins and Brendan Meyer, which is all highlighted here. Uh, so out of those three matches, who do you got your money on? Marisol all the way. That I love Chats, but there's I don't think no way she's losing. She's on a high, she's on momentum, and she's got support. And I think she's not even reached her peak yet. So for sure, Marisol. Uh, for me, uh, the kid has got it in the in the bag. And for the other one, it's interesting that um, Horowitz and Nunes are kind of split. But for me, Horowitz is gonna take this. Yeah, I mean, pretty much their odds are their the record is pretty even, and I think that they are. It could go either way, and that's one way in statistics where uh, odds you can actually say, all right, if, if they're close enough, but I can still make money off of this. Uh, but obviously, we don't have any IG matches. But since we only got one left until spectacular, we're gonna go with Mike Kalinowski and Arumu Moses. Mike is at uh, negative uh, 675. He's the reigning champion. He defended it finally, and Arumu is the challenger at negative uh, 350. Who do you got to win? I'm a, uh, Arumu. I I I love uh, KO. But he's not consistent. He like he wins, he loses, he wins, and then a, a bit more wins and then a bit more losses. So for me, I think Abaru is rising, is climbing, and uh, is kind of taking charge for the usual suspects. And they're they're dangerous because of him and Paige, right? Uh, so I, I really think Abaru might pull this off. Okay, so I'll add my, your hundred dollars to the bet. Uh, and interestingly enough, if you look at these numbers, the total payouts. They're really close, so I'm guaranteeing a profit at that point. So it doesn't matter who wins, whether it's Mike or Amaru. I'm still going to main money off this match. So that's just one of the ways I wanted to show everybody how bookies and gambling places make their money. They basically uh, make it so the odds are forever in their favor, no matter who wins or loses. Even if they do lose, they'll win in the long term because they know how to play the game. And, and I'm I'm curious to see how long it's going to take for Schmodown to be a betting thing if it's not already a betting thing well i'm currently open for business so use the hashtag ddsob and place your bets for the upcoming matches i'll put them in the bet and then uh see what the results later in the month again ddsob sounds really wrong bro i'm just saying <laughs> Uh, all right, so thank you very much. I, I will still not never bet because I love money too much and I got things to pay and I don't have that impulse. I have it for well, food, it, but that, that's just me. It's um, imaginary money. It's not legal tender because if I were to do this in real life, I'll need a gambling license and then I'll be locked. I won't. I'll have to be locked up. So this is just imaginary numbers. It's not real numbers. So just all point. right. So coming up next again. Thank you very much, Double D. We have Frenchie's corner, or I should say ASG's corner for this one. Uh, so, ASG, come on up, my friend. You have the sexiest numbers by far. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Hey. There we uh, go. Thank you, Roxy ASG. All right. So, um, this was an interesting one. Uh, this is one I really wanted to talk about, right? Because I've been on the, the Lon Harris train for a little while, but I'm jumping off more we go in the season, more I'm not feeling him at all. And, and I'm sorry, I, I don't know why I'm, I'm becoming um, a J-Wade, but this is annoying me. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> oh, because right. I ha I wanted to have you at least be Frenchy on your side. But anyway. 
Uh, you know what? But we're 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 I'm replacing okay. Jay Wade, replacing me, so might as okay, well. fine. Uh, all right, so uh, for me, is Lon Harris if he doesn't perform in the tournament like he should, is this the last we see of him in Schmodown? Because he even said it jokingly, like, this is mean I'm out of the Schmodown. I have a feeling there's there's discussions in the background that you know there's certain people on the bubble. Christian Harloff is making changes. There's less players. There's things going to happen that people we love might not play. Maybe Niftel or at all, right? So I have a feeling he's on a bubble and might depend on his performance performance against Murrow. I'm not saying if he wins, but if he gets TKO'd or if he really drops the ball, he's been dropping the ball recently. So I don't think he – I think he's really, really in danger. Uh, I got to completely disagree. He's the Obviously. opposite of on the bubble, especially with the changes that will be happening. He's the ultimate definition of what Christian looks for in a player. He's got the character. He's got the trivia knowledge. If you look at that last match, that it's not like they lost because he didn't step up to the plate. They lost because they didn't know their five-pointer. Neither Paul knew it, nor he knew it. So, you know, I don't think that's a bad performance by Juan Harris. Now, he was a little more shaky last year in some teams' matches, but he's been great this year in trivia, and he's been great as a character. Everybody loves that delinquent character, and his, and he can only be used more once they get more in studio, and that's another big advantage is that he's in the area that once they start doing more studio matches, he can get there. I don't agree on everyone loves uh, the character because I, I've been seeing a lot more comments of people not liking it anymore. Like it, it's not not getting old, but I'm not as invested in it anymore. And I don't agree that he's been good this year. He's had moments of brilliance, but he's not consistent. And um, and hey, Craig, I hope you're doing good, barbarian. But he's not consistent, and especially Oyama deserves someone who's consistent. Uh, and the faction itself, I mean... Well, I agree I, with the team breaking up, but, but just not him play, as a player leaving. But, but I don't know. I, I don't... See, I think that he's going to be hard to pick up because Swag is not doing good for a reason. Durasambo, you know, is... <coughs> sorry, Durasambo is not doing good, but he definitely ha is part of the big boys in that in that, uh, in that uh, faction. And he's just not picking you up the slack he should have, right? So for me, something's off. And I, I don't think he's going to improve, right? Last year was horrible. This year, it's okay. But because of the changes next, I don't see him continue at all. Oh, I still think he's an excellent secondary player on a team. You know, maybe not on one that can necessarily go for you know, maybe not for a belt, maybe for a belt. Who knows? That, but like, that's not good enough. That, that is okay. A good secondary player is not good enough to stay in a schmodown right now. Changes are coming. The yeah, he's good as a B player. Don't think we'll sustain him anymore. I think he'd be great with uh, a number of teammates, and the, there is a lot of players that he would be doing better than. So. But would a would a cut up and, and who don't have the character that yeah, he does? But would a cut up 
uh, roster, you you can't just have a player that you know you have him because he's a good B player, but singles and the other categories is eh, you need someone who's a good team player and can hold his own in another. Well, you have uh, to remember though that next year not everybody will be on a faction. No, no, that's for sure. We'll we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see if. Um, and if let me just pitch before um, we bring in the new players um, to have him on the fan favorite faction with Adam Witt. That that's my uh, that'll be my call. Uh, all right. So uh, that being said, enough about us. I am curious to see what the rest of the crew thinks about our discussion. So, ASG, bring on in everyone, or we're gonna drop out. All right. So honestly, I'm using my face blocked by something. <laughs> Yeah, I do think that the final exam is going to break up at the end of the season. Uh, as for Lon being out of the league, I think he's on the chopping block. I think he's going to be considered to be out of the league because he just hasn't seen as strong as compared to other players. I do agree that he's a good second player, but in this league, it's constantly evolving to where you got to be at the highest level. And you don't see many uh, B-level players get to that star or getting points. You don't see too many Claudia Dolph uh, getting matches. You don't see uh, many matches where those players don't shine that much. So, uh, yes, he can get here. Yes, he has a character. But I just don't see he's going to be on that chopping block. So, what do you think, guys? You guys, it is a strong point you make. I mean, if you're not listed as a B or a C, or if you're listed as a B or C level player, you don't see yourself. I mean, most people don't see him going that far. But one thing I do appreciate about the showdown as a whole is that with these matches and with the questions that are now coming up, the categories, it can turn either way. I mean, sure, you may not be able to finish out on top, but it's all about how you play the game. If you're able to come within, if you're able to push someone like Dan Merle to his five-point question and still keep it a tight match, I could see you maybe getting a match a, maybe a month or two months down the road compared to, let's say... Um, you play up against let's let's say Lon went up against uh, Ben Bateman and he didn't play his best match, but he still made it to the third round. But in the eyes of but when you look at statistics and then you look at something in the fan uh, reaction opinions, maybe you don't see him playing again in singles for a while. Maybe he played more in teams much better. Um, I just believe that if Lon is done. I think it would be more of like maybe the delinquent as a character is done. And we can see Lon maybe come back next season, reunite with Jonathan Harris. Maybe the Harris brothers can get another go. I mean, I, I always believe that uh, someone's season can turn next year. I am actually right with you, Ryan, in terms of getting Lon and uh, – sorry, what's his brother? Is it Lon and John? John? John. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would love to see them as a team together again. I feel like they worked really well, and, you know, um, having maybe push each other to study would help as well. Uh, the thing is, like, not everyone's going to be a Tom Brady. Not everyone's going to be, you know, winning those belts every single year and, you know, being in contention for that. And, you know, sometimes you have a Derek Carr where you're just solidly good, but you can still do well. Um, so I think – but I agree. Like, I I wouldn't be sad if we didn't have the delinquent character anymore. I think maybe just refreshing a little bit, starting, you know – either going back to the professor or even coming up with a new character next season might be just a fresh start that he needs. But I think in terms of being completely out of the league, I don't, I don't think so. I feel like he's a good staple within the league that, that we need. 
unless yeah, I think, the, I think yeah. the next character should be the jock. I mean, why not? I mean, he went from professor to delinquent. Let's have the jock. Yeah, like, yeah, I got this going on. Come on, let's go, bro, let's go. I, I can see that happening. Barbarian trained to campaign for him to be his team partners. <laughs> and, and don't get me wrong, I don't, I don't want him to disappear, but I, I'm starting to have a feeling that there's people to be on the chopping block, and sadly, I think he might be one of them. Do You're I want wrong. it to happen? Fuck no. Hey, Theresa, I hope you're all right, uh, so um, we got around a minute here. Is there last words you want to, you guys want to pitch in before we go into our awesome interviews? I think well, I'm good. One thing I will just say, I mean, the, despite this week of matches, uh, regarding yeah, uh, to, to cap off on final exam, unfortunately, their season is done. I definitely love the run we got with them last year when they were really starting off. Seeing Paul go from like bat, I mean, seeing how Paul changed last season, how his only contention was teams. And then now you see this season. He remember reminder, he still has he won the free for all. So he can always cash that in whenever he wants to. Maybe he can do it spectacular, maybe he'll do it next year, but he still has that on his shoulders. And yes, he's done with Eric Geekton. He's now done with teams. So now he can focus on singles. So from what all we know, Paul could possibly pull Paul and Lon are still in the singles tournament. So we could see possibly a, a surprise turnaround from Lon Harris now that he's back on focusing one thing. He may advance, uh, maybe not to the finals, but I can see him maybe going as far, maybe into the third round of the tournament, or the or the maybe maybe even making it to the finals on his side of the bracket. All right. Well, thank you very much for this complete conversation. Uh, Ryan, Double D, we're going to drop you off, my friends. And I'm going to drop be dropped off very soon as well because I was the first one eliminated. And to explain exactly how that works, well, the hot match rules are in apply. So uh, basically, we had a game. People got eliminated. And today's winner was Nancy. So when you're ready, you introduce our both our awesome guests i'm gonna drop out and have a beautiful conversation with them awesome yay so actually these are uh my two what some of my two favorite competitors in the league ty and con sorry king con as i should say oh oh oh, oh. yes oh, Nancy and got the king. Hello. <laughs> oh oh no but you're wearing a ram scarf so i may i may have to deduct some cool oh this old thing <laughs> <laughs> this little thing and you have your wine i love it oh of course. Right, guys, well first of all congrats con and then ty great showing so congrats yeah. to, to i'm here to help oh, take well, the sting i don't off know of. if i deserve much congratulations <laughs> i haven't had a chance to congratulate the king yet congratulations oh, oh, we're an excellent i'm sure you have and, uh, you just you might have uh, been drunk yes well uh, <laughs> i think and i agree that i think it's time for like the end of of mice and men i think it's time for uh, paul and paul and lonnie to go take a look at the flowers <laughs> Good to know. Good to know where you where you stand uh. on on that question. Uh, well, since we were talking about uh, the teams match the most recently, Con, what do you think in terms of? You know, we were kind of discussing that it seemed in round two that you guys were still finding your footing. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of playing with each other, because this is your first time actually playing as a team in an actual match. So, how do you feel about your round two in terms of? A cohesive teamwork there i mean it was a little shaky both from the fact that we got opponent's choice so we were saddled with the category that we wanted the least plus uh, it was mentioned several times we were in a hotel lobby we were not in our normal setup so that certainly added to the pressure of 
uh, needing to perform uh, outside of the normal comfort zone. So it was it was rough, but I think it was a good first learning experience, and then we'll just get better for the next. The, uh, the fact that the two of you could dress like that, spend an hour in a hotel lobby shouting out trivia questions, and no one bothering you. <laughs> we somehow got tells you, no, tells you a lot about Los Angeles, I think. We got no yeah. weird looks, no manager coming over saying, "What are you two just doing?" Just a normal day. That, that makes sense. But also, I had a follow up question to that. Were you guys not allowed to sit next to each other in round two? Well, we had to be on two different cameras. And I think if we were too close together, the mics would have just picked up the other person's sound. We would have had to keep muting back and forth. Got so it. we sat far enough apart that the mics wouldn't interfere. And okay. we were still in the same room. Because I was like, oh, they're totally going to have an advantage sitting next to each other because no one will be able to hear what they say. But nope, didn't happen. I should have done the shtick where I walked over from my spot over to Griffin's spot. and But that would have been... Yes. Didn't think of it in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to kick it to Double D so he can ask his question. All right. All right, Tyron. Um, obviously, uh, Halloween was just a, a basically bit slap you. So, how'd you feel when you got that five pointer and it was Halloween when when they announced? Well, it was I, I think that I think the story of the match was very clear on my face. I was not happy that I spun horror either time. Not happy that I got a five pointer. Um, which unfortunate. I'm not. It's not like I've never seen a horror film in my life. I've seen three of the Halloween movies. In fact, I saw th all three of them this year. And just the, 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 the truly sad part is if that five-point question had come in my next match, I certainly would have gotten it because I would have gone home after this match and studied the heck out of the Halloween franchise as well as Jason's, you know, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. Would have had them all. So when that five-pointer came to me, I would have had it. And I essentially missed the same question twice in one match, which is... Um, unfortunate. If if you if you you know if, if I didn't get the Halloween movie when they gave me four options, I wasn't going to get the Halloween movie when they gave me no options and didn't know it was a Halloween movie. Like certainly, it certainly wasn't going to pull that one at that point. But I just un the most unfortunate part is those questions weren't split up into different matches because I know I would have nailed the five pointer had I known that it's such a blind spot to those movies. If the exchange didn't already hate Judy Greer, I think we. <laughs> yeah, that was the that was I forgot that was the joke I forgot is that yeah. you uh, you really aren't a member of the exchange until you miss a, a Judy miss Greer a Judy five Greer. pointer. Yeah, and oddly enough, I, I I I the only reason why I said that's Halloween uh, the remake because yeah. of Judy Greer because yeah. that's the only Halloween that's the only movie in a horror franchise that I know Judy Greer from. So it's like, yeah. uh, Will Patton was just in Minari, and I remember thinking, Will Patton, where has this guy been? And I remember looking at his filmography very recently, and uh, the only thing I could remember was he was on the show Falling Skies uh, for a long time, and that somehow became Darkness Falls when I gave my final answer. But I, I wasn't going to, I should have guessed Halloween because I could have got essentially three movies for the price of one. Yeah, I think the second actor was saying that. So the second actor uh, was a bit of a throw. The second actor was kind of a throw up. Like Andy, yeah. what's he? Yeah. <laughs> so like the, the the next time there's something I don't know, Halloween, Peter Pan, uh, <laughs> anything movie, that has multiple Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, something where there's like ten movies yeah. with the same title. Smart. And then oh, you didn't tell me to specify. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm I'm, le I'm learning say, new I'm learning new tricks for next time. Yes. But I will say though, I'm despite. The shortcoming here whenever you're in a live setting obviously you know how to really get the crowd really get the have the energy up for the crowd and also to really like put a lot more like investment into the match because i'm not gonna lie after your success after your win against drew mcweeney 
I'm not gonna be kidding. Most people I talked to were like really excited on who you're playing when they knew it was Bibiani. They're like, "Oh shit, is this the moment we're gonna see the biggest upset of the tournament?" <laughs> I mean, it, it it was pacing that way. Uh, I, I, I was I was up after the first round. I don't I feel very comfortable in a live setting. I like to give it to the crowd, uh, get it back. And uh, there's a lot of stuff that they cut from that, which uh, I don't I think I hope I don't know if they cut for time or content, but there are a lot of things I said that they, they cut out of that match. So maybe maybe it's best left on the cutting room floor. We'll probably get like another gag reel like we did last. Yeah, season. there might be a there might be a good gag reel. So yeah. I'll spoil it with that. A lot of them were were uh, age jokes at Bibiani's expense, which I've come to find out were, that we were actually the same age. So there's probably the, the, the joke oh, was the on irony. me the whole time. <laughs> All right. Well, bonjour, Mr. Tarrant. Bonjour, Mr. Khan. I hope you guys are doing good. We are. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm the... probably doing better than Ty because I won, but yeah. Yes, <laughs> indeed. And uh, real quick, I don't think we've spoken before. Frenchie, thank you for having the Finstock Exchange back from the very beginning of the season when you said the dossier, there was some genius to it, and everyone else was <laughs> laughing in our faces. You were the uh, one who said, you know what? He might have something. Uh, I and saw the we still might. Yeah. We still I, might. We still I, might. I saw I saw the genius right off uh, the bat because again people will write you guys off like oh the rookies fuck it but no the rookies make the backbone of the league yeah. just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean it can't happen and yeah. exactly and and when when Finsock says he's uh, he, he was gonna sell the um, the dossier. I'm like checking, do I have 500 bucks? Do I have five? <laughs> now, uh, my question is really simple. As a rookie, you have, um, especially with like no anterior uh, past like matches, you have the advantage of not knowing, the opponent not knowing what your strengths and weaknesses are. But now people have videotape on you. Has your strategy on how you study and and the wheel, the slices you put change, or you guys are doing the same thing as you, you are from the get-go? Um, I mean, I don't know if there's enough tape on me to, to to game plan for me. Yeah, I just spun. We just spun opponent's choice, so that's not something we are even strong at. So I think um, there's still there's still ways I can I can strategize to to have my strengths on the wheel or uh, study something enough to to make it a strength. So uh, I, I'm not I'm not uh, giving away anything, but yeah. No, but even <laughs> there's then, still you room. And, you and Griffey are. Arthur, you guys did a good job of navigating when it came with opponents' choices. I mean, when it came down with just a lot of time, because like you said, you guys were in a hotel lobby, so <laughs> internet connection and background noises could have changed a lot. So I will say this, that uh, you guys did a good job just trying to navigate and find an answer while having to deal with so many uh, like issues sure. compared to like with Lon and Paul. I mean, nothing against those guys, but it seemed that you guys had a lot more on your shoulders and on your plate when it came to just answering your questions. Yeah. And, and Tyron, same goes to you. I'm guessing you're going to be brushing up on horror, but is there anything that changed now that we can, we, now we have a bit more game tip on you or is it the same as usual? No, I don't. I think I'm well versed in many categories. Horror is not my horror is not my worst category, guys. But that's the one I'm going to be given. <laughs> that's the one I'm going to be given for, for uh, until the end of time. And if you don't think that I'm going to get better at horror over the next uh, year, two years, you're you know, you're absolutely insane. I was hoping that this wouldn't be exposed this quickly. But um, you know, there's you know, if if I ever went up against some of the people on my team, I think I might have seen horror on the wheel, and uh, I got it this time. And uh, yeah, I would. Uh, I'm not saying I should enter the horror free for all, but I think you will see a market improvement in my horror knowledge between now and my next match. And as for the other 
as for for Wakanda, there really isn't that much tape on us. You someone like uh, B- B- uh, Bibbs or Bateman or Dan have literally forty, almost fifty matches you can go and look at, and we have four. Yeah. So. Yeah, I but mean, you know that your I, I don't. I don't think the strategy has changed too much, other than this is what they your perceived weakness is. So study the heck out of it. So basically, but right now, basically, in the, in the people's view is um, Halloween is your best bit right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, my, my father, my father passed away on Halloween night a few years ago. So I've been a it was not oh, from yeah. a killer. It was it was from a common cold. So oh, maybe, maybe I've been a little reluctant to go to go and review to, to review these movies. I'm gonna have to face my fears. I think. Welcome back, though. <laughs> <No. Wow. laughs> uh, 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 all right, Sorry, that was, tr- that was the, maybe maybe the wrong note to strike. But as you try to follow that now, sir. Okay, so my question will be for Khan, okay. and uh, we saw for both opponents' choice against both Ben Goddard. And uh, this most recent match, mm-hmm. uh, you gave uh, movie release dates. And Ben Bateman has talked about how the movie release dates category has changed this year. So do you think you have like a, you, you figured out the secret of the new movie release dates category? Or is it just something that you think you're, uh, you know, yeah, I don't know you if can I, expect. Yeah, I don't know if I figured out the secret, but I think as long as I'm not playing Bateman or someone else who's really like, openly strong about movie release days. I think that's usually the slice to give it if, if it's on the wheel. Uh, like you said, the category is changing where they're asking like for one year with three different franchises, which is much harder to think of in a short amount of time. So against Goddard, it worked out better than it worked out against Final Exam. Uh, but I think... Uh, Still worked out very well, I think. <laughs> it worked, yeah, and if we play Shazam at Spectacular, which you know could be the in the cards, that's absolutely going on the wheel because you saw how Bibbs did against Ty when he was ever asked to release dates question <laughs> now uh there's the- I, I was so ho- i was hoping yeah. he was gonna mess up the jackie weaver question because she was nominated twice once for animal kingdom once for silver linings and i thought he might I go for that the too. other one he got so yeah uh, that was that was one that he did get but for the most part yeah i, I agree with that strategy now <clears throat> i think kind of, I'll, I'll be completely blunt with you because i love what i saw in your team but i saw some flaws as well a bit and mm-hmm. we discussed it a bit uh, at the beginning that um you and and arthur uh, <laughs> uh, 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 these guys have some some tuning out to do because i saw sometimes arthur would uh kind of say final answer without really consulting you and everything mm-hmm. so how, how, what's the discussion been like and how to fine-tune the chemistry between uh, both of you I think uh, just because it was the first time and it, and it was opponent's choice, we were rushing a little bit to get to answers. When he said something I and he sounded confident, I just went with it, even though I probably should have rebutted. Uh, the, with, with the Peter Pettigrew question, I wanted to say, I think it might be Peter Pettigrew, but I didn't get it in time. And then the Luna Lovegood or the Queenie Goldstein quote one, uh, since we both thought it was Luna, that's why we went for it, even though we probably in hindsight should have checked down the moment choice so i think those are just kinks that we can work out for the next match but yeah right and now it's pretty much a free-for-all we we did our turn so uh double d nancy ryan hell if tyrant and uh, king can you have questions for us uh oh, go so ahead kind of back off of you frenchy uh with uh you king Khan. uh do you feel that being in the hotel lobby <laughs> kind of made that round two a little bit more anxious like okay we gotta answer quickly because we don't want to disturb everybody did that help did that affect the way you answered it or 
Um, well, there's a there's a good solid 20 minutes of that recording that's cut out because between rounds two and three, Griffin's laptop stopped working. Uh, so <laughs> oh. we had to go up to his hotel room, get an iPad. That didn't work. Go switch back to the laptop. There's a whole it's a whole thing. Uh, so like Paul and Lon and me were just waiting there for about 20 minutes while he was figuring it out. So that didn't help with the, our anxiety. But uh, eventually we, we still put out the win. <laughs> Well, I'm going to ask the question, and you can uh, refuse to answer if you wish. Did you know their five-pointer? I'm not good. It's a refusal. All right. Yeah. It's a refusal. It was a hard five-pointer, I'll say that. I was I was asked a question later that night, and I was confident said the Mighty Quinn, which was the same answer that they gave. So I saw a lot of people guess. There's the a reason. Point. There's a yeah, reason I'm not. The reason I'm out of, there's a reason I'm sitting at home now, and, and <laughs> the king has moved on. <laughs> I don't have a question, but I do want Ty to read that YouTube comment that described him. Right. <laughs> because it described him perfectly. And I love do it. Do I have it? In I don't have it in front of me. Oh, man. Okay. Well, someone else can ask a the question. One about, the one about Mr. T being from Mr. Toad and the Wind in the yes. Willows. Yes. yes. Someone said that was across yes. Mr. Toad from Wind in the Willows meets somebody else. And then I looked like a, a silent movie villain with a, with a plot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it was, I don't know. I don't know who that was, but I, was I, really good. I, I Perfect they, yeah, description. they nailed it. They nailed it. That's I what it. I was trying to go for uh, Oscar Wilde meets, uh, meets uh, Ryan Felipe thing. And uh, it just sort of got, got off the track. But uh, I think Mr. Mr. Toad meets silent movie villain. Yes. That was it the whole time. I love it. <laughs> so Perfect a question for, yeah. Another question for both of you. Did you guys know Griffin Newman prior to uh, him being drafted into the showdown? Like, know of his... I think I'll we both listened to the Blank Check podcast. I've been a huge fan of that podcast for a long time, going back for about five years when uh, Barbarian told me he was talking to Griffin during the offseason. I was like, well, I know you talked about wanting me on your team, but do not draft me ahead of Griffin because you will regret it all year. <laughs> <laughs> and he took Griffin in the first round. And I was like, "Well, I'll go in the second round." And then when round four came around, I was, "All right, buddy, I didn't mean to, didn't mean never, but uh, it, all, it, all, it all worked out." And then I, and then Khan, I believe, I believe you're a fan of the pod as well. I'm a, I'm a newer listener, not as I haven't listened as as long okay. as you have. But yeah, I've been since Griffin has been drafted to the exchange. I've, I've gone back and listened to as many as I can. They're very long, so uh, I, I when I can find the time, I, I listen to Blake Check. No. no, but if, if you had told me this time last year that I'd be, uh, you know, exchanging DMs with Griffin Newman about Robert Altman movies in the seventies, I'd be like, what, what, what are you, what, what are you smoking? You high? Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Now, if, you, so if it, we, it, it's been great. If we look at the FinSock Exchange as a whole right now, and you look at the standings, um, it, it's an interesting standings because it's there's almost like nine, ten points difference between uh, where you guys are and where uh, where the first position, corruption, boo, um, <clears throat> where they are, right? So FinSock says something interesting. Our rookies have been doing the job. You guys have the most wins, you know, but not yet a title contention uh, match or uh, or wins. So it didn't propulse you to the top three. Um, what is the future of Finstock looking like in your guys' opinion? I mean, I think uh, Roka has said this in our group chat, that it's not about who, who gets there in the middle of the season. It's about who finishes at the end. And so we still have a chance to have think, four matches at Spectacular if you count Roka's, assuming that one happens. We can get the Star Wars teams and singles title match. So if we manage to do that and 
even and possibly win one or two of them, then that's that'll propel us right to the top. So that's that's the goal. We're going to finish strong and end of the year. And and I think either way, I think we're the faction of the year. The people know. The people know. The people know when they hear Brother Lomas, Rick Radis, myself, Griffin, uh, the King. They know whose faction that is. Where can, can you name me? You can name the top four people on corruption. Can you name me two more? Can you name me numbers five, six, and seven on the usual suspects? Maybe not. Maybe if you had in front of you, and you still have to think about it. Like people know who we are, and just we have the most wins. I know this strategically. It hasn't worked out perfectly because we haven't had the title shots. We are the faction of the year in the hearts of the people and yeah. hope we were voted that way at the end of the year. As for the future of the exchange, I'm going to be really sad if this splits up. I know they're, they said they might only go to five next year. Uh, that's heartbreaking to lose any one of these people in the faction, let alone us being split into two or even three. So I really hesitate to even want to think about that at this point. I just want to uh, keep enjoying the ride, keep, uh, keep enjoying the group thread, keep enjoying the practice sections. And uh, pop my chest out with a Finstock logo on there as long as I still can because I don't know what the future holds. People well, are going to look back on our draft and think this was the greatest draft ever assembled when there was still a draft. <laughs> I think, and, and, I think and like in the middle of August, people were already saying that that the Finstock Exchange is definitely came out looking the best, honestly, out of all the factions. Sure, like you said, not many, not many tile shots your way, but still. Every one of your players have been consistent. We have not lost a title match all year. No. Yeah, you've never lost a title match. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, you, every one point. of your faction has played at least more than two matches compared to uh, almost everyone in your faction has play, had more face time and has played more matches than most and than the players on every other faction. So that is and the, and, the, and, the, and if you haven't won a match, you've contributed as a manager. You've contributed uh, in in practice. You've contributed yeah. in the free for all. Like it's uh, we're twelve for twelve in terms of people doing things, and that and Gucci's thirteen. All right. <laughs> well, Tyrant, as you said before, you know you got my vote for uh, for um, faction. You got it since the beginning, guys. So again, we do thank you so much for taking a bit of your time to talk to us. And um, I wish you but the best of luck, King Kong. You you won't need it, but I'm still going to give it to you. We could use right. it. <laughs> ah, well, I'm giving it to you. All right. So, again, boys, thank you very much. Until next time, you're on Speaking Your Schmodown. Take care. See you guys. Cheers. All right, so uh, we are going on hard questions. Again, thank you uh, for, for being on, both of you. Uh, it's really fun. But now we are going to something that we, thank you, Tyrant, that we really want to not argue about, but really have a full-fledged discussion that some people might be yelling on Facebook. <laughs> we don't want that here. We want something intelligent, and we want to progress the discussion where probably has never been progressed. And as you can see in the scrolling bar here, Hard questions about the IG expansion one year later. What we mean by that is very simple. There's a lot more categories been added in. It's not just the very narrow things. We got swashbuckling. We got, you know, things that we never really thought of putting, but make sense. But is it to the advantage? Because like me and Aishi have uh, been, uh, been discussing a bit, it's kind of creating a division, the really high tier to, to the mid-tiers, right? And making it feel a bit more like the divisions we see in the singles. Um, so uh, I'm curious, uh, to, to, let's start with Double D. Do you like, now we see a year later, the expansion of IG? Is it working for you? Yeah, because, you know, 
back in when the IG was first created, it was mostly comic book movies. It was mostly geeky stuff like that, like Star Trek, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. And honestly, this inclusion of other geeky-like uh, categories like Swashbuckling, Pirates of the Caribbean films, uh, uh, Alien vs. Predator, even James Bond would probably be welcome into this. I feel like it really benefits because, for us because it gives us something new other than what we're used to. Other than, And it also gives the competitors a challenge because, let's face it, Chandra was going to, if we didn't do this, Chandra would probably defend the belt over and over again, and he wouldn't have lost it. By including all these other films, I think it has a lot more diversity. I think we would have seen that progression further. I think it's made it uh, good for maybe the audience in expanding the number of movies. But for the players, I still have a hard time with the fact that you're at, by adding Transformers and Planet of the Apes and Pirates of the Caribbean, a lot of movies got added that the I feel like the competitors aren't as passionate about. So therefore, it becomes studying 300 movies instead of studying these like i forget how many that you really 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 loved and when a lot of the love comes out of it then it becomes harder to study and that i think is contributing to some people who are better at studying being in this one tier and then these other players who are still trying to get through 300 movies and you know don't always land on their slice to be in this other tier and I think, at the very least, we uh, it would the game would be enhanced if they uh, made it like singles, where at least one or two of your slices were on the wheel to give you a chance of maybe I'll land on it. Well, one thing I'm going to say about the expansion, I was really in the beginning hard against some of the categories being brought in, uh, like like with the I mean, sci-fi fantasy felt like a no-brainer to me, but seeing things like. Um, yeah, like, like what you mentioned before, uh, a, a, Andrew. I'm like, why, why are these being brought in? I understand there are some Transformer questions being asked in the match. I get that. So it did make some slight sense. But then like Swashbuckling Adventure, Alien Predator, like uh, even Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm like, why are these here? And then I see them being implemented. I'm still against Pirates and maybe Planet of the Apes. But then when I start thinking about some of the movies and the categories we have here, like Star Wars, it has been... George Lucas has not been shy saying he has been inspired through sci-fi adventure uh, movies, novellas, even swashbuckling adventure uh, stuff like with the Errol Flynn or with a Bale, with Errol Flynn, Robin Hood, Beowulf. So I'm going, I can understand you can bring in the inspiration that led to some of the now geek stuff that we love. And even now and then looking at going through that swashbuckling adventure, the movies they have, I'm going, these are very entertaining. And the fact that the, the fact that Zorro, that's been around since like the 40s and the 50s. Even it brings back to the the uh, the classic pulp hero, the pulp the pulp hero genres that didn't weren't as successful in the 90s, like the Phantom, like the Shadow. So I'm like, if it's bringing these films back into circulation into the more geeky audience, I'm all for that. But there are still some categories I'm against. But I like how it's trying to reinvigorate and bring the love back into geeky films and nerdy and like nerdy culture. So it's still like the jury's still out, but so far I'm on the positive side. Yeah, I had no idea that they can 
select a slice for for themselves yeah. i yeah. Uh, that changes a lot for me i uh, definitely think that yeah i think that they should be able to at least select one slice on there um to better the odds but in terms of the expansion i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to have people kind of in uh, you know a little bit more divided in the competitors in terms of who's going to be that top tier versus maybe a middle tier um you know it does make it more like singles a little bit which i appreciate um and yeah i just i don't think it's i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing for me personally when you get to like the star wars matches although i love the star wars matches and they're so good at what they do it does become a little daunting as a fan when everyone's going perfect everyone knows these very deep cut questions so to avoid that and to make it sustainable, I think you have to add more categories instead of just going deeper and deeper and deeper into these well, select movies. But same could be said for uh, Star Wars, right? Because like it or not, that's a very limited and they go deeper and deeper. And for me, that's what a, a specialization uh, league is, which IG in Star Wars is the more advanced, the more harder it gets, the more precise it gets, the more yeah. you get the people who are, you, you see the, the real specialists, right? The ones that know everything in and out. And for me, adding in those, uh, those categories kind of lessens the, the, um, the the league itself uh for for ig because for me this is a league of specialists not a, a, who someone can study the most broad general uh knowledge and hope they can answer because for me that's what singles and teams are right yes. so it kind of it kind of loses that that charm that star wars and ig used to have so um i'm starting to lean on i i kind of wish they would go back of the how it was before did with, with Star Wars? Did they add in um, TV shows? No, uh, I think for FCL they did, but not okay. for the uh, yeah. Okay, I mean, I could see probably MTS going that way eventually because again, there's only so many movies that you can ask questions about. Um, so in that way, I think it would be good um, because yeah, I, I yeah, it it starts making it where you're not like a specialist in that category, but also preemptively thinking down the road of, well, there's only so many questions we can ask. Let's make it still entertaining to people who are watching ahead of time instead of getting into this hole of like, we're just asking really, really deep cut questions. Yeah. And so oh, I just, I'm not sure when it comes to IG, if it's a good thing like that we had now a full tournament, including the finals where every match was a KO or TKO. And yes, that had something to do with certain people not being in the tournament, but still, when you only have eight people in the tournament, which were eight of the more top players in IG, and everybody's getting KO'd or TKO'd, I think that the uh, fact that they've expanded IG so much is part of that aspect. Does that, I mean, but also when people are getting TKO'd, where are the questions they're missing? Like, are the majority of the questions are missing from new categories? Or is it just that we have new people coming in that aren't quite ready yet to be in that top tier? Well, that's the other question is, is it because they're from those categories? Or is it because if you're now a new player, you have to study everything and you can't just study a few categories? Mm -hmm. It is a good point. I mean, that's why I, I, that's why I'm still with the jury. And I do agree with Frenchie. I think maybe, I don't know next year if there's going to be more brought in or they're going to restrict some, but I do think 
some categories or at least some films should be taken out of IG. I mean, despite what many people want to say, oh, IG should have this now, IG should have this franchise or these films, I'm going, no, no. The more you keep adding into this, the more IG is just going to be turned into singles light, where it's just more of, oh, it still has this, you still have your core eight geek, you still have the core eight slices, and then now all of a sudden you're throwing, uh, let's say, Fast and Furious in there, or Bond, or Mission Impossible, or now let's say Disney and Pixar start becoming IG movies. I'm like, no, they have their own set of fan categories, but that's not, but Disney and Pixar are not at the point to where you would say it's IG and nerdy. It, and it starts boiling down to the conversation, what clarifies as IG, what clarifies as nerdy, which is something that's consistently being brought up to where everyone says the broad term to where, oh, if it has its own subgenre of fans or a subgenre of a culture, then it's IG, where it's like, yes, but, but no. What subgenre, like, who are the subgenre of fans or culture of, of the Pirates movies? I, I just want to <laughs> know. Say, Swashbuckling <laughs> is the one slice I would say that is very, seems very out of the realm of IG. That That is the one where I say that was a little weird for me for them to add. But for, for, you see, for me, I get the swashbuckling because uh, if, and I get the reason why for for the expansion of the, the the slices. If you go look at the flip side, Christian's logic was probably the more we integrate other slices that you know, single uh, a single or teams player can participate in, the more we can transition certain players that they would never play in IG, and and expand the the number of uh, of competitors, right? So yeah. there is a logistics side of it <clears throat> to why to add those things. But at the same time, for me, IG, Star Wars are is the categories that should have less probability of chance playing into the the results of the um, of the matches, right? It's not about yeah. like if you see like you actually have to watch the movie and exactly yeah. yeah. They were focused in one division. I understand you want to start bringing more singles players into, like we saw this season with Ethan giving his shot into IG, or like last season when Janine wanted to have her shot in IG as well, and like with Jim Baveda as as uh, I can understand the appeal of wanting to see more players cross over into different divisions. I understand the logistics and the strategy behind it. But when it gets down to you take somebody who could have been maybe like in the top, who's about to reach the pinnacle, the top tier of singles, and then they want to start playing IG, it's kind of throwing them off their game a little bit. Sure, they get more screen time, more face time on the schmodown, but still, yeah. okay, yeah, I do agree with that. Yeah, sci-fi and fantasy, those do, I mean, that is where you can have that nice little bridge of singles players coming into the showdown where like oh certain sci-fi fantasy films out there that do play into that uh genre of nerdy culture like uh legend like never ending story like labyrinth you know those films to where you can see it kind of hits on those bases of a nerdy of the nerdy subculture to where there's some fan there's like that small dedicated passionate fan base out there but still at the same time you can still be uh, a, like a noob and still go into this uh, community and culture and still be welcomed in and re really love this. So I do see that with certain slices like sci-fi and fantasy, I'm going, let's keep that there. But it's still difficult to see like this season, I've seen like animated geek, really animated films, really like tear down so many competitors this season, which blows my mind because I'm going... Wait, shouldn't that just be like in a different category of the Schmodown instead of animation being its own? And once again, it's just more of like it's we're getting to once again it, the the wheel is getting very broad once more. 
I will say I think they need to like slow it down. Like we're good with what they added. Maybe let's, you know, get to where we're getting deep cut questions within those new categories and then way down the line think about adding more. Well, yeah. I I think with uh PJ mentioning that uh Pac Rim is coming to IG, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a kaiju slice next year. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised with that either. I I know there's I know T T Teenage Mutant Turtles has now been added, and to me, I'm like, finally, for fuck's sake. I mean, oh, sorry, cursing. But I'm like, finally. To me, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles should have been one of those categories that should have been automatically part of IG when it started, especially when you do comic book movies as a, as its own slice. But uh, that but that portion aside, if Pac Rim coming in here does, I would not be surprised if we start seeing kaiju films because... There's still that kaiju films, once again, kind of, it, in, in a way, kind of like sci-fi fantasy, it is where it tells, like, stories or it does, like, good, like kind of like certain good horror films where they talk about, give us hard questions on society. And I like how certain kaiju films kind of do that. I mean, at least, like, the old school ones, like the Godzilla ones, before it went into the uh, cartoony-esque kind of uh, craziness we saw in the TV series. <laughs> yeah. Don, did uh, you have lost a uh, lot? I just have that... one comment and you can go. So basically, your comment about pirates, why is it in there? I would, as a pirates fan, I would say pirates is a fantasy film. It has that uh, fantasy elements to it. So mm -hmm. that's why I think pirates of the Caribbean should be in there. Now, okay. if if I go around the around the clock here and I ask a simple question of next season. Do we keep the same slices or do we revert back to how it was before? Uh, let's go start with you, Double D, and we'll end with me. What do you choose? I would keep most of the new categories, but maybe fine-tune it a little bit. Okay. I would not – yeah, I wouldn't get rid of all of them, but I would get rid of – Pirates, I would get rid of Transformers, which was a great cartoon growing up as a kid, but not something I would consider at IG. But I would keep most of the comic booky. Uh, I, I like the comic book separation and those kind of things. Yeah, Double D took the words out of my mouth. Uh, keep, but with some fine tuning. Right? Right. Oh, no. Yeah, I agree as well. Uh, I, I'm trying to look for the whole list of films they have there. But I th at least for me personally, the two, if next year, I think the slices that should be removed, as much as I've been rewatching the old Planet of the Apes genre, I think maybe that should be removed. Dystopian time travel, that should be not be a slice because. Would it back to way, the future it's be? Kind of, well, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, I said, wouldn't back to the future be under that? Yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. geeky as fuck. See, yeah, I, I never realized future. it was geeky. I never realized it was geeky until like I started watching some IG matches or Brad be all in back. Like I always thought of Back to the Future as just this fun film, not like a geek. Yeah, film. like Back to the Future. <laughs> Same thing with the Indiana Jones movies. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's what I figured too. Like I understand Indiana Jones and Back to the Future; those questions were thrown in, like in a round three or in a mixed bag setup, but. I still think that Back to the Future, it can be thrown into the fantasy sci-fi slice. Same with Jurassic Park as well, which is why I think Jurassic Park should not be a slice either, honestly. I might get some hate towards that, but those are the slices I would at least restrict. 
Well, you see, Ryan, with all those restrictions, you're pretty much reverting to what it was before. And that's what I'm voting for. I want to see the old school IG. I want to see the specialists and with a lot less chance playing into it. Um, because, it, it, again, it makes for some furious competition. Because we were talking about back in the day uh, that, you know, you missed a question, you're screwed in IG. It, it, it's the, you know, it, it it's a battle of the wits and battle of... of, of stamina and like the first person misses you're out ig is not that anymore and i kind of miss it i miss the that 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 you know life or death like you miss one or two and the person's getting perfect the whole way through well you're screwed and that happens less and less so i want ig to go back as it was before if possible probably won't there's gonna be adjustments the most probable thing is gonna happen is adjustments per se yeah. But I miss I miss the heart the cutthroat competition I find is not lacking, but it's evolving into something else that it wasn't there before. Yes, Craig, that Terminator yeah. Matrix quit the central, and th that again is dystopian, right? Uh, future the, the that slice. Yeah, true. It, it, it's just more of like fancy sci-fi can be that big big slice to where it can still you can still in you can still have the genres of terminator matrix back to the future or even uh even the alien predator franchise in there because of that like fantasy and science fiction can be split up instead of being a whole slice there you can still restrict itself down to where you can take those those franchises put them in a, a different genre and then you can have a better subsection you can have better ways of you know writing questions and then maybe think of other ways to implement new slices. Like, actually, that would be an interesting, what would be a slice you'd want to see into IG? <laughs> All right. So uh, we are closing in to the end. But before we do, do not miss out. And I mean, do not miss out, people, on Jay Wade's. It's not you anymore, but it's something that people are not watching enough. And it's personally pissing me off because it's the best show out there. It's completely different. And I am talking about... From birth to Schmodown, to, uh, this week's is going to be the amazing and the incredible Laura Kelly. Um, and if you don't know what From Birth to Schmodown is, well, it's pretty simple. It's basically, first question is, where were you born? And they go from there. It's, yes, about Schmodown, because it's a Schmodown competitor. But it's really about details that, you know, you would have never, never known uh, otherwise. And they go in depth about their personal life, where they grew up, um, you know, their hobbies and some personal information. If you missed the, the one with John Roca, uh, he talks about some really dark subjects. He talks about things that, you know, are, are heartbreaking and, and really gives a different depth to uh, the person behind the player. And it's going to be the same with Laura Kelly. Personally, it's one of the best um, out there, maybe aside from, from John Roca, so do not miss that out. Uh, the inside the actor studio of Schmodown is. Yeah. Exactly. And Jay Wade does an incredible job because I personally would have a hard time going that in-depth. I like questioning, but he does an amazing job of picking their brains and really get to know those players. So do not miss that. That is on Monday. All right, so look, uh, we're pretty much wrapping up. Before we do, Ryan, I think you have a Mount Schmodown. Could you <laughs> talk for 30 seconds? And now I, I know you have to leave or soon to go on it right away. So go on Schmodown to go check that out. But could you just let us know what Mount Schmodown this week is about? Well, thank you, French. And I have a very understanding co-host with Ben. He says, join us when you can. But <laughs> I don't want to hold him up. So quickly, Mount Schmodown, kind of like how Frenchie was, how that nice uh, comparison of uh, Birth to Schmodown is like the inside the actor studio for the Schmodown. 
Mount Shmodown is kind of like a 30 for 30, uh, like ESPN style. I mean, we don't go too in-depth, but we like to, but what we do is we take a player from the Schmodown, we try to break down, we discuss aspects of their career from in a good in a nice round table discussion, positives, negatives, but it's all about positivity, about the, the competitor himself and what them, him or herself, and the legacy and the impact they have left on the Schmodown. Now, our upcoming episode for since August, no, since July, we have mainly been focusing on the factions of the Schmodown, talking about factions from before season seven and then rolling on from there. This is going to be our last talk on factions, and we're going to be talking about Sexy Numbers herself, Roxy Stryer, and the stars. Now, it's my, it's going to be myself, Soda, and Ben on the panel. And even then, you should check, people should go to our uh, On Schmoes in the North and check out the previous episodes we've done. Ben and uh, I believe uh, Dan had a great episode where they were talking to Laura Kelly when it came when they were talking about swag. And we had a special episode where we got to sit down with Kate Melkin herself to discuss the den. So uh, believe me, I, even we're not, we may not have no special guests, but it's still going to be a great show for all of you guys to tune in and check out. All right. So again, thank you very much for for uh, watching this episode of Speech, Speaking of Schmodown. I know I'm no I'm no Jay Wade, but I hope I did enough good job. What are uh, you talking about? I didn't do well enough, I think. No, but again, thank you very much. And look, uh, ASG, if you can lead us off, what kind of numbers are they? What sexy numbers? <laughs> oh come on, man! You just ruined the outro. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, oh, again, thank you very much, uh, y'all, and you have a beautiful day. Bonsoir. You want to hear something funny? The mic wasn't on that whole time. No way. Yeah, for real. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so smooth.